0: Amen. That's what the message is about, is the trials in our lives. And so if you, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor and I'll let you remain seated for a moment. But if you take your Bible, we're going to be in two places this morning. If you'll, first of all, go to James chapter number one, James chapter number one. And when you get there, maybe you can hold your place there, put a, put a piece of paper there, put your finger there. Then I want you to go back in your Bible to uh, Psalm 77, Psalm 77. And uh, we're going to look at a few verses here in Psalm 77 before we go to James chapter number 1. Now, uh, as you think about this message this morning, uh, our our theme for the year is stand. Of course, our key verse that we're using for the year is Jeremiah 6, verse 16. And if you notice on the screen, the Bible, go back one. The Bible says, Thus saith the Lord. Stand ye in the ways and see. So it, when, you, when you look at that word see, God put on my heart this series that we're currently in the last couple weeks, maybe another couple of weeks till the Lord redirects me on this thought about remembering some things that God wants us to remember. And so that's, that's what we're looking at today. So if you have your place there this morning, let's stand out of respect for the word of God and we're going to look at the, the title of the message this morning is, Remember, Shake Well Before Using. Shake well before using, and you'll get that hopefully as we look at a few things this morning. Psalm 77, verse number 1, the Bible says, I cried unto God with my voice, even unto God with my voice, and he gave ear unto me. How many of you are glad that when we cry out to God, God listens, right? God hears us. Verse number two, in the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. My sore ran in the night and ceased not. My soul refused to be comforted. I remembered God and was, notice, I remembered God and was troubled. I complained in my spirit was overwhelmed and the word selah means think about that. Now drop down to verse number 10, same same psalm. The Bible says and I said this is my infirmity. The word there is talking about being in distress. This is this is what I'm going through. And the psalmist says this is my infirmity. But I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. I wonder how many of us have forgotten how good God is all the time. Sometimes in our lives we can forget that when the trials come you know it's kind of like uh sometimes you go to the store and you buy something I have a Nestle's Nesquik strawberry strawberry milk how many of you like strawberry milk how many of you like chocolate milk that's what I thought I was looking for chocolate must been a run-on chocolate milk at the store But strawberry milk, my wife doesn't like milk, but boy, if you put strawberry flavor in it, how many of you remember when when Nestle's Quick used to come in the metal can with the metal top you had to pop off? Yeah, I'm kind of dating myself there. But uh, my wife loves strawberry milk, and she'll probably be eyeing this while I'm preaching the message this morning. But you know, if you look at the back of this right here on the label, shake well before using. Sometimes In our lives, what God will do is He will take our life. We're just going through life, and God, just like this, will shake our lives. But the reason that He's shaking our lives is because He wants to do something with it. And I don't know about you, but I want God to use me. But sometimes the only way that's accomplished is if God shakes us up. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Pray that you would bless your word. Thank you for so many that are here visiting, so many regulars, folks. I, I, I pray, God, that you would speak to hearts. Lord, that today's message, even those that are listening, by way of live stream, that, God, you would minister to us, that you would, uh, God, that you would give us the balm that we need in our lives, and that is you. Help us, Lord, making us stronger through the trials. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning. Thank you for standing. Now, when I think about these verses that the psalmist had in Psalm 77, he said, This is my infirmity, but I will remember the Lord. It brings us to James chapter 1. If you have your Bible there, notice what it says in verse number 12. Blessed, I love that word, blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that what? That love him. How many of you love God today? All right. How many of you know, watch this, how many of you know God loves you? Right? God loves you. You love God. God wants to do something in your life. And notice again in James 1.12, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. That word endureth means to stay under, to remain under something. There's something going on in your life, and it, God says, Happy or blessed is the man, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Before God is going to use us, God will take us through some trials. Trials, sometimes in our lives, God wants to use those. God will not waste a burden. He will not waste a trial. Trials come in many forms. You might, in your life right now, or maybe in the past, have had some health trials. Some of you maybe have had some marital problems. Some of you may have even recently lost a loved one. But understand that trials come in all shapes and sizes, but with God, trials are no accident. God is using those trials. He always has a purpose for the trials in our lives. And so notice with me this morning, first of all, the reason for the trial. Now look in James chapter 1 and verse number 2. Notice the second word, my brethren. This is written to Christians. He says to us as believers, look at it count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations. Notice it doesn't say if. It says, when you fall into diverse temptations, count it all joy. Now, diverse temptations is talking about different kinds of trials. What you're going through, maybe somebody else has not gone through, and what they're going through, maybe you've never gone through, but there are different kinds of trials, and he says here in verse number two that we need to count. He's saying we need to reckon with or consider the trial. God has a purpose. God has a plan for that trial in your lives. Most of us know Romans 8.28 fairly well, and here's what the Bible says in Romans 8.28. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his what? God's purpose. God has a purpose. Now notice again, Romans 8, 28. How many things work together? And they all work together for what? For good. Now we know that when a trial comes from God, that God is using that, wants to use that in our lives for our Good, he has a purpose. He, look, we have to say, God, I may not understand, I just know, according to your word, that something good is going to come out of what I'm going through. Something good, as sometimes when the trials come, we might think to ourselves, What good can come out of this? We might even find ourselves questioning, God, why is this happening? Why am I going through something like this at this time? How in the world, Lord. Do you want me to count it all joy? How can I be happy about this? Can I really know that you are at work during this trial? Now, what are the reasons that God gives for trials? Why does God allow us as believers to go through trials? Notice, first of all, that God wants to use the trial for the development of your faith. God wants to develop the the words there, trying of your faith, It means the development of your faith. Look at verse 2 again. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith, notice, worketh patience. See, either you're going through a trial. Listen to me now. You're either going through life or you're growing through life. God wants to use the trials to help you to grow as one of his children. God is saying, I want to try you, I want to mold you, I want to make you into what I want you to be. And how is he going to do that? Well, again, in verse number two, he says he's going to use diverse temptations. Now, again, those, those temptations are testings, they are trials, they are difficulties in our lives. Now, if you're there in James 1, look down to verse number 13. Here's what the Bible says. Let no man say when he is, what? Tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. Now, if you look back at verse number 2 again, We understand God is allowing the tempting, God is allowing the testing, God is allowing the trials, and watch this, God is working all things together for what? Good. But when you come to verse 13, you see the word tempted, but it's a different word. Now, when you see that there in verse 13, it's actually with the intent of a solicitation for evil. It is, it is something that, that is not something that would be of God. God is saying, look, I want to use the trial for good. There's a reason behind the trial. Somebody said years ago, a faith that cannot be tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. God is going to test your faith. If he hasn't yet, he will give you these trying moments in your life. And here's what he's going to do is through those trying times... God is wanting you to prove to Him that you really do love Him. Now, again, going back to Romans 8.28, the Bible says again, all things work together for good. When you go to Romans 8.29, it says that all things work together for good. Why? That we might be made conformable to the image of Christ. So here we are. We're called Christians. If you're saved today... The Bible identifies us as Christians. We are to be like Christ. That's that's the whole goal of the Christian life is Jesus is our goal. We want to be more like him, not more like the world. So the Bible says God is using these trials, all things work together for good, that you and I might be made more conformable to to the image of his son. Now, as we think about this matter of conformity, it's talking about there has to be a molding. Sometimes I think of like children, you give them Play-Doh and what they'll do is they'll take it and they'll squeeze it and they'll try to make something out of it. Well, when you think about molding something, listen, many times that is not going to happen. You cannot mold something. If you ever mess with what is called modeling or molding clay, boy, it's, it's very hard. You have, to, you have to work with it. You have to squeeze it and twist it and bend it. In other words, you have to apply some heat to it in order that you can mold it into something. Well, that's exactly what we are in the hands of God. God wants to mold us. God wants to make us. Well, that's not going to happen without some sort of heat to make us pliable. Somebody said, a gem cannot be polished without friction, nor a man perfected without trials. Here's our problem is, we, by our nature, we like to be comfortable. Like right now, you're sitting in that padded chair and you got the air conditioner on. Many of you have a smile on your face. But see, God didn't always say that we're always going to be comfortable. When, when God is molding us and using trials in our lives, It's not comfortable. God never said life's going to be comfortable, but here's what he did say. He wants us to be conformable. Conformable to what? To the image of his son, to be more like Jesus. And sometimes God is molding us, but it's through the trials that we are not comfortable. So one of the reasons for the trial is is that God is trying to, to develop your faith. Now, you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, I have faith. Well, remember what the disciples who walked with Jesus for over three years said, Lord, increase our faith. We all can have a greater faith in God, a faith that would move mountains. You see, God is using the trial to develop your faith. And as, look, watch, As we're allowing God to develop our faith, and notice the second reason for the trial is for the display of our faith. See, while we're going through that trial, verse number three, again, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Now, Romans 5, 3, there in your notes, look at the verse. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation or trials Worketh patience as we're going through the trials, we are going to be stronger because of the trials, and ultimately, God will be the one that gets the glory out of our trials. See, people are watching us, they're noticing our faith in God as we're going through a trial. We've had it happen in our lives, we've gone through something, we've had saved and unsaved people that have watched as we've gone through those trials. And many times, I've even watched others as they've gone through trials, and I've said to myself, or I've heard people say, I don't know what he has or what she has, but I want what they have. What are they saying? I want to have faith in God. God uses the trials so that our faith is on display. And I think about how uh, Christ is—it needs to be on display in our lives, that God's grace needs to be manifested in our lives and through our lives. Probably the greatest example in the Old Testament I think of is Joseph. We've been studying Joseph on Wednesday nights in our Bible study and uh, enjoying the the truths that we're learning from Joseph's life. Many of you might be familiar with Joseph, how he was one of many brothers and his uh, of course his father, and we know the Bible teaches us that Parents shouldn't play favorites, but understand that God uh, gave Joseph the father that he did, and his father loved him very much. loved him so much so that his brothers envied him. His brothers actually hated him. Now, on top of that, his father didn't help things. He gave him the coveted coat of many colors. And his brothers finally got to the place where they said, you know, we're tired of this you know, Joseph had shared with him this dream that God gave him. And many of you know the dream how one day that Joseph said, there's going to come a day where all of you are going to bow down to me. And his brothers already had an issue with him. But, boy, when he told that story, they really had a problem with Joseph. And they got together, they conspired together, and they, they pretty much said, look, we're, we're going to get rid of this dreamer. They're going to take his life. But then all of a sudden they, they, they had a conscience. And so instead of killing their brother, they sold him into slavery. Joseph was taken into Egypt. He was falsely accused. There he was in prison. He was in a foreign land. But you know, God had a purpose in that trial. God was working in Joseph's life, and God allowed Joseph to go through all that. He began to elevate Joseph. Joseph found himself in a place where he was second in command over everything in Egypt's land, And the Bible says eventually there became a famine in the land. And as a result of that, many were coming to Joseph. They were coming to Egypt to get, and of course God was using Joseph through this entire trial to bring all this about. Now Joseph didn't know that when it all began. Even going through the trial, he didn't know that. But it was evident that there was something different about this man by the name of Joseph. Everything the Bible says that Joseph touched, it prospered. He had what many refer to as the Midas touch. And just everything. And by the way, we know it wasn't being blessed because of Joseph, it was being blessed because of Joseph's God. That God was prospering Joseph, that God was behind all this. Well, the day came when Joseph's brothers were sent to Egypt by their father. Now, they actually made the journey a couple times, and as they made the journey a couple times, Eventually, they, they came this meeting, and they had met with Joseph, but Joseph didn't tell them who he was. The time did come, though, where they showed up, and Joseph revealed himself to his brothers. He says, "I am your brother, Joseph. You can only imagine what those brothers started to think. This is our brother that we treated the way we did, that we sold into slavery that we told our father that he was mur- that he was killed by a wild animal. And they begin to think to themselves he surely is going to get revenge for everything that we did to him. But I see that as you read the story of Joseph here's what you see is that Joseph actually forgave his brothers. Joseph actually restored his brothers. Now, he didn't understand the trial when he was going through it. He didn't understand why God was letting him go through all this. But years ago, I read for the first time in the end of the book of Genesis, chapter 50, and I think it's in your notes, verse number 20. And notice what he says to his brothers. But as for you, he says, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto what? Unto good. Now, why did God allow the trial? What was the reason in Joseph's life? Well, God was trying to develop Joseph's faith, and God wanted Joseph's faith to be on display. Well, certainly it was. And notice the outcome of that. God meant it unto good, he says to his brothers, to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. Joseph said, look, God, you had one plan, and and I know that what you planned was not good. It was evil. But he says God had a purpose. God was working all things together for good, and the good was to save much people alive. Now, how in the world could Joseph that went through all of that, that had been away from his family, that had gone through slavery, that had had to deal with a foreign land and all that that he dealt with there, how could Joseph display that kind of grace? And here's the answer to that question, because Joseph allowed God to, To use the trial for good. Now just think about that. Some of you are going through something. Some of you maybe have been through something or you will go through something. Will you allow God to use the trial in your life to make you stronger? See this world that we live in today, it is looking for people who have a faith that is not only spoken of, but a faith that is on display for them to witness. Peter said in 1 Peter 1, 7, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. God is proving to us through the trials That our faith is real. Well, listen, God wants to use you, but how is he going to do that? Watch this, by shaking your faith, by testing you. Now, remember, God will not tempt you for evil. God is working all things together for good. See, there's the reason for the trial. But notice, secondly, we need to look at the route of the trial. How is this possible? How can God use the trials in our lives? But look, as as I think about trials, I, I don't know how you are, but I really don't believe that anyone gets up maybe tomorrow, whether it's electronically or on paper, takes out your calendar. It might be a weekly calendar. It might be a monthly calendar. It might be a yearly calendar. I don't think you're going to take a calendar out and take your pen in your hand and go, you know what, I think on Tuesday... I'm going to plan to have a breakdown. I don't think anybody does that. But trials come, don't they? And trials have a way of rerouting our lives. You know, we we have the day planned, and a trial comes. And it just seems to upend our lives. It just seems to mess up our calendars. Well, notice in verse 4 again, it says, but let patience have her perfect work. The word patience there is talking about God has a process of growth in our lives, and it is through this patience. Let patience have her perfect work. Well, what does the word perfect mean there? It's talking about An entire work, a mature work, or when God does something, God brings it to a completion. It's a complete work. So when the trial comes along in your life, listen to me this morning, Christian, don't get mad at God. Don't quit on God. God has a purpose behind that trial. Let God do what God is trying to do in your life through that trial. God has a route that he is going to use, but notice again in verse number 4, The most important word in verse number four is the second word. It says, but let, let patience have her perfect word. Now, what does the word let mean there? It means that you and I, as his children, when the trials come, we need to cooperate with God. We need to let him have his way as the songwriter wrote. And we need to understand, Lord, I don't know why? I don't understand everything, but I'm just going to let you have your way. Now, what is this way, this route that God has for our trials? Notice, first of all, it's a route of surrendering. It is you and I, as the trials come, that we are required to surrender our will to the will of the Lord. Now, that goes against our human nature. I don't want to do that. I I I want to be able to control my life. The greatest example of this is the Lord Jesus. When he came to this earth from heaven and he went to the cross, the Bible says he became sin for us who knew no sin. And notice while he hung on the cross, Jesus said in Luke 22, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, in other words, if you won't, notice not my will, but thine be done. The, the, the Son surrendered his will to the will of the Father. What a great example for us, seeing that the route of surrender that Jesus took as he went to the cross, when you and I have pain in our lives and we have difficulty in our lives, we need to think of what Jesus did. How did he handle this? Well, listen, it was a way of surrendering. Corey Tenboom, years ago, She said, if you look at the trial, you'll be distressed. She said, if you look within, you'll be depressed. But if you look at Christ, you'll be at rest. It's a good thing for us to do, to say, Lord, take this from me. But even if you don't take this from me, even if it's not your will to remove this trial, I'm still going to love you, and I'm still going to serve you. With every breath you give me in this life. You see, Peter writes again, notice in First Peter 5, 6, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him. Why? For he careth for you. God loves you. God's working all things together. There's a reason for the trial, and there's a route for the surrendering. Notice here that the challenge for us is to surrender our lives through the time of trials. Well, how do we do this? Well, some of us need to surrender our past. I mean, listen, a lot of us, we are still bitter about something that happened 15 or more years ago. We're hanging on to something. The Bible says, and I shared with this somebody the other day, The Bible says that our sins are buried in the depths of the sea as far as the east is from the west. God doesn't remember our sins that have been forgiven that are under the blood. But, you know, we are awful about remembering the sins of the past. Notice what Paul's attitude about it was in Philippians 3. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are where? Behind, and reaching forth unto those which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us, therefore, as many as be perfect, there's the word again complete, mature, be thus minded. And if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Paul was saying, Look, I'm not going to ruin my future by living in my past. My kids used to say all the time when they were younger, they would say, Dad, you just need to let it go. And they would say it so fast, it sounded like one word, and I'd say to them, what are you saying? And they'd say, let it go. Dad, you just need to let it go. Well, you know what we need to do about the past in our lives? We need to just let it go. Just give it to God. See, God allows the trials, but we, we struggle and we, we will not surrender our past. Some of us, we need to surrender our present, something you're going through right now. Listen, I may not know, and even people close to you may not know what you're going through, but there's a God in heaven that knows what you're going through. And you need to surrender because anything out of your control is always in His control. It's always in the will of God. Sometimes we need to surrender our future. I know that the future is still in the future. But if God is omniscient and He knows all things, God knows what's going to happen in the days ahead. And over these last two years, I'll tell you one thing, most if not all of us have been given way too much over to worry. We worry about everything. We worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. Listen, the Bible says, look at it, Matthew 6, 34. Take, therefore, no thought for the morrow. For tomorrow will take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Don't worry. Listen, do you trust God? I love what the songwriter wrote years ago. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. See, God is holding your hand through the trial. What you and I need to do it's trust the route that he has for us. Well, listen, that route is a route of surrendering. And as, watch this, as we surrender to the Lord during the trial, notice that it also is a route of strengthening. God wants to use the trial in your life to make you stronger. Notice verse 4 again. It says that ye may be perfect, that you're going to grow, that you're going to mature. God says, As you allow me to work in your life, you will become stronger. I will strengthen you. God says, look, I will give you my grace. Grace is a disposition in us created by the Holy Spirit. Peter said in 1 Peter 5.10, but the God of all grace who hath called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. Look at this. After that ye have suffered a while, what's going to happen? The grace will make you perfect. It will establish you. It will strengthen you. It will settle you. God's grace. God will use the trial, not only to help us to surrender to him, but it will strengthen us for the days ahead. Corey Ten Boom said, if God sends us on stony paths, he provides strong shoes. I like that. God helps us. God will God will provide where God guides in our lives. God knows the struggle that you're going through today. But I can tell you with all certainty, you can trust him and he will strengthen you. But it's not going to come without a little shaking first. God's going to use the trials to shake your life. You see, I find the reason for the trials. I find the route that God uses wants to use in our lives, but what is the result of the trial? What's the outcome? What happens to the Christian that goes through the trials and doesn't quit? What happens to the Christian that says, not my will, but thine be done? I'll tell you what happens is God says, I'm going to do some great things in your life. How many of you like God doing something in your life, right? What are some things that God will do in our lives? Listen, the trials come. And we follow the route that God gives us through the trials. And notice I want you to see one of the results is that when the trials come, we will ask for wisdom. Well, ask who? Ask God. God's wisdom comes from above. You know why we don't have? Because the Bible says we don't ask. But here we find in James, in verse number 4, look at it. Let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect an entire wanting nothing if any of you lack wisdom let him ask of god that give it to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that waver- wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind, and tossed. Look, when the trials come into our lives, again, one of the things that's going to come out of that is, we're going to ask God for wisdom. I don't mean this in a bad way, but it's meant to, to be what it is, but trials tend to reveal how ignorant we really are. Trials tend to reveal how much we really do need God. Notice Psalm 111, verse 10, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, a good understanding. Have all they that do His commandments, His praise endureth forever. Charles Spurgeon said the doorstep to the temple of wisdom is the knowledge of our own ignorance. We need to come to the place where we come to the end of ourselves. And we need God to show us how to respond to what's going on in our lives. How to respond to this trial. Trials will show us that we, as James said, we must ask in faith. And when we ask in faith, God will show us. He will provide the answer. Notice again in verse number 6, the Bible says, When we ask in faith... Nothing wavering. We don't want to be like the waves in the sea that are tossed about. We need to ask God in faith. Proverbs 3 and verse 5 Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. And in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. See, we need to, when the trials come and they drive us to our knees, and what do we do? One of the results of the trial is, is that we ask God for wisdom. Now notice, if we do that, then notice letter B, that we will receive God's wisdom. Look at verse 5 again, the end of the verse. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally, and it not, and it shall. That's a promise of God. God says, if you ask, it shall be given him. Remember Paul in his life where Paul had what is often referred to in the Bible as the thorn in the flesh. And there's a lot of discrepancy on maybe what that one thorn was. But no doubt it had something to do with his health. And Paul asked the Lord, not once, not twice, but three times, would you remove this from me? Take it away. Now, we understand as you study the Bible, and even in our lives, sometimes God will not remove something. That does not mean God doesn't love us. That's the way human nature is. We think, well, God won't do this. God God won't answer my prayer. Sometimes no answer from God is the answer. And Paul asked the Lord three times. Notice 2 Corinthians 12, 9. He said unto me, here's what God says when Paul asked the third time. He says, my grace is sufficient for thee. Paul, I'm going to give you the strength, the health, I'm going to help you get through this. He says, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And then Paul's response was, well, most gladly, therefore, I would rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. God is not attracted to our strengths. He's not impressed with our education or our bank accounts or our accomplishments. God's looking for someone today, one of his children, who would just acknowledge, I am weak. God, I can't make it through another day without you. You know what he was saying to Paul in that moment? He was saying, Paul, you're exactly where I want you to be right now. and God will take us there in those trials. And Paul says, through this, God has told me that it's in my weakness that I'm made strong. Sometimes God will do that in our lives. He'll allow the infirmities. But may we have the same attitude that Paul did. He says, I'll go through this. I'll glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You see, we need to ask God for wisdom. And we will receive the wisdom of God when the trials come. But then I want you to see that as we receive God's wisdom, we will mature spiritually. The Bible again in verse number 4 says that you may be perfect an entire. Now, again, there's only one perfect person. There's 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 no perfect person in the world today. There's no perfect pastor, there's no perfect church. There's no perfect anything, folks. The only perfect person that's ever lived, his name was Jesus. There there are a lot of people who think that that they're they're good people, but the word perfect here means to be, be mature. God says I want you to let the trial mature you. I want you to allow the trials in your life to develop you in your Christian faith. I want you to be more and more like my son Jesus, and we need to be Christians in the world. Well, how's God going to accomplish this? The trials that God gives us will build us. The trials will develop us. It will develop our faith in Him. Years ago, there was a young girl, and she didn't understand a lot of things, and she found herself... On a train going through the countryside, and she was traveling down the tracks, and there were a couple of times she got to places where there were, there were valleys or gorges, and, and in each one of those situations, there was rivers, raging rivers at times that would flow through some of those areas, and being young and, and lacking understanding, she saw the water as they were approaching it, and she thought every time that that happened that, that the, the train was going to crash and that she might even die, and so every time she'd get all worked up about it when she when the train got close, and, and then as the train got to where the water was, the train just glided across the tracks on the bridge that went right over the water. This happened once, twice, it finally happened a third time, and finally the little girl, she leaned back in her seat, she took a long breath of relief and had confidence in her voice and here's what she said somebody has put bridges for us all the way well, you know that's what God's done for you God's going to help you get safely home but I want you again to notice what Peter said in 1st Peter chapter 1 and verse number 6 look at this wherein ye rejoice greatly rejoice though now for a season if need be ye are in heaviness through manifold, look at the word, temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. God's wanting to use the trials. George Mueller, who knew much about trials, George Mueller said, God delights to increase the faith of his children. We ought, instead of wanting no trials before victory, no exercise for patience, to be willing to take them from God's hand as a means. I say, and I say it deliberately, trials, obstacles, difficulties, and sometimes defeats are the very food of faith. We should take them out of his hands as evidences of his love and care for us in developing more and more that faith which he is seeking to develop and strengthen in us. God is working, remember, all things together for good. God wants to use the trials. There's a reason behind them. and Many times we don't understand all that God is doing. But if we'll let God work, if we'll humble ourselves before his mighty hand of God, if we will not get bitter and refuse to quit, and we will say, God, listen, I don't understand it, but I trust you, God will say to you, as he did to Paul, my grace is sufficient. I'll help you. God will give us the wisdom during those times of trials, in your moments of need. But none of that's going to happen. God cannot use us Until God shakes our lives. That's why I titled the message, Shake Well. God is working all things for good. God's not going to hurt you. God loves you. And there's a purpose and a reason that you're going through what you're going through. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? With our heads bowed and our eyes closed. I wonder this morning, how many of you by an upraised hand would say, Pastor, I'm going through something right now. I'm going through a trial. I have a difficulty, a burden in my life. Would you raise your hand this morning? I'm going through something. Many hands are up. Those of you that raised your hand, how many of you know that God knows the trial you're going through, right? And the Bible says that you can cast your cares upon him because he cares for you see many times we think the trials are bad things but all good things come down from above god's allowed the trial there's a reason he's trying to develop your faith in him he wants your faith to be on display to this world God's going to use that, but you have to surrender to His will, the trial that He's wanting to use, and He'll strengthen you through that trial. Well, how do we do that? Ask God for wisdom. Let's stand to our feet this morning with the piano playing. This is a time of invitation. Why don't you come this morning? And bring your burdens and your trials with you. And why don't you come and cast them at the feet of Jesus. The Bible says that if we cast our cares upon Him, He'll lighten our load. If God is dealing with you, speaking to you this morning, why don't you come? Some have already come. Some of you may know someone that's going through a trial that has a heavy burden. Why don't you come and pray for them this morning? Listen. He is our great burden bearer, and he wants to help you. God's word has been spoken this morning. Will we respond? There is time. As Brother Kenny sings, why don't you come?